the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. I hope you had a happy 4th of July celebration. We certainly live in a great nation, and it's wonderful to celebrate it. I understand that it's not a perfect nation. It's comprised of men, and we know that in this fallen world, all things human struggle on this spiritual battlefield. But it is a great nation, established under God with a constitution written by our amazing founding fathers who knew the evil in men and established protections accordingly. And those protections are in our laws. Ours is a nation of laws, and as Christians, we are protected by those laws. The preamble of the Constitution says, We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice. And religious justice is protected under the First Amendment, which says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And so if you hear one thing from this show, friends, your religious rights are protected by law. As Christians, our religious freedom is not only protected by law, but much has taken place in the last few weeks which affirms that fact. As you've heard me say many times with regard to the intersection of faith and the secular world, Their right to be them does not supersede your right to be you. And we're going to talk about that today with a very special guest who can provide commentary on these legal events and also uh, his own struggle uh, under the law. Joining us today is Judge Wayne Mack, Justice of the Peace for Precinct 1, Justice Court 1 of Montgomery County, Texas. Judge, welcome and thank you for joining us. Welcome, and thank you for having me. I just love what y'all are doing, and and uh, your words are so true. 
Thank you, sir. And friends, uh, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Good morning. Hello, whenever you're listening, everyone. And hi, Judge Mac. Good morning. And also our ministry pastor, Pastor Steve, is with us here in the studio. And an extra nice surprise. An extra uh, double nice surprise. So a two airplane uh, formation is called a section and three or more is called a division. So we are a division. Okay. Very good. Pastor Steve, would you would you please pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name, and we thank you for uh, just how amazing you are to us. We thank you for uh, your righteousness and your, your justice, Lord. So we pray that, that that's what rings out through the Holy Spirit, all that are listening, that their hearts hear your Holy Spirit speaking to them and and molding them and shaping them and pulling them closer to you. Let all that we do here in word and deed glorify you. Have your way in this time and do with it only what you can do, Lord. We praise you, we thank you, and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, Judge, uh, friends, you may remember Judge Mack was in our series on Courageous Christians that we did last fall, and you can find that... uh, it began in August and ran for eight weeks, and it was so great uh, learning about the judge. But uh, now we'd like to just catch up with you. Judge Mack, what is going on? Well, thank you very much, and I'm just so honored to be here. And a lot of things have happened since the last time we visited, and and I, I just appreciate the fact that you're bringing awareness to the fact that, uh, you know, exactly what our Constitution said, Congress shall make no law. And as you know, for eight years, I've been in a legal battle battle with an organization, an atheist organization called Freedom from Religion. And uh, we, on April 2nd, our appeal of our case, uh, we had had a judgment against us last year, and and we appealed that judgment uh, at the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans, and that case was heard. Uh, we were able to make oral, oral arguments. I was able to be there in person. And um, we should hear something. They estimate in two to six months we should we should hear something regarding that case. And been very busy here in our county and all the things that we get the privilege of doing every day. And those uh, those things are friends. So so much service. Uh, the judge is at the center of this tornado of just hearts that are deeply invested in the community and bringing the word of Christ and uh, also religious ministry to uh, other faiths. So, Judge, are we allowed to ask what exactly is the complaint against you? So they, they're they suing me because, um, in addition to my judicial responsibilities, I also am the coroner. And so I, I realized early on when I got in office eight years ago that um, we did not have a chaplaincy program in our community. And so I, I, I had thought about when I was running for this office doing that, but then after just a few weeks of being in office and realizing how many tragic deaths we were going to, the number of suicides we have in our community, I just felt very compelled to launch this, and we made an ask. And we I was hoping to get you know 10 to 15 uh, people from the faith community uh, to step up, and we had over over 50. Um, and we ha- literally have every mosque, every temple, every synagogue, every church you can imagine represented in our in our chaplain's 
program. In fact, Pastor Steve is, is one of our chaplains, has been with us from the very beginning. And so we, to honor them for what they do, uh, we take a moment before we begin court as a part of our opening ceremony. We take a moment to acknowledge them and recognize them. And if they choose to do so, we allow them to make a brief invocation or brief comments, and then we do pledges to our great nation and our great state, and then we call the docket and begin court. And this organization uh, filed a complaint that I was violating the Establishment Clause and um, by having this opening ceremony, which I'll note that the Texas Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court all have an opening ceremony that includes a prayer. Now, it's a red prayer, but my argument from the very beginning is government never gets to tell us what is a prayer and what is not a prayer. Uh, when I was brought to judicial conduct, the one thing they kept bringing up to me was that they said it was a perfunctory prayer, is what the Texas Supreme Court does and what the U.S. Supreme Court does. And again, my argument is our founding fathers knew that Congress shall make no law to inhibit the free exercise thereof of anything regarding faith. And so I'm very opposed to the fact that um, we would buy into the lie of the separation of church and state. That's thats the biggest lie that ever was concocted. It's the separation of state from the church, and um, government should never, will never and should never ear, interfere with the exercise of any faith, whether in the public square or in your private homes or place of worship. And um, And that's just, you know, the Constitution is clear about that. Well, sir, you touched on something uh, that Jason Yates touched on last week when we were talking with him, a CEO of My Faith Votes, and I was asking why don't Christians participate uh, more at the polls, and he said something similar, that they've bought into the true intention, which is to not allow the state to have influence over the church. But who doesn't want our government to be uh, patterned, restrained, uh, brought to compassion, brought to justice by the influence of faith in uh, all of our government affairs. Sorry, I agree 100%. And and this is, and I speak often, as you know, in churches and conferences and things, and one of the things I say is that the the people should never fear government. The government should fear the people. And as you know from the My Faith Votes statistics, 25 million uh, Christians stayed home in the last election, presidential election, and how's that worked out for us? Uh, all you simply have to do is try to go buy food or, or, or pay for your gas, and we recognize how important it is uh, that we have people um, in office that respect the Constitution. Well, um, friends, as I said in the introduction, what I really want you to hear is that we are a nation of laws, And it's very easy as Christians under constant barrage to feel that we have to backpedal and step away from the opportunity that we have to shape the world, the God-given opportunity and the opportunity created by our founding fathers that we would bring our faith, everything about us, our morality and our ethics to bear on all we do in state. And so, uh, Judge, we will hear more about the resolution of that case, do you anticipate a judgment soon? We do. We hope by the uh, best case scenario, the late summer, and and hopefully the fall at the very latest. Well, I'm sure you've been uh, 
Uh, in a place of tension, I, I won't say anxiety because we know that with Christ we don't need to we don't need to worry. But I'm sure you've been in a place of tension for a number of years now, and you would like to have that resolved. I would. I, it's been more of a distraction than anything because I have the peace of God. Um, I have from the very first moment that I got notified that they were coming after me. I um, I'll never forget that moment where I looked up in the stars. I was at a football game and and um, with the high school, and I was the grand marshal of the parade, and my consultant gave me the heads up that what was coming, and I immediately thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? And I looked up into the heavens, and immediately the Lord spoke to my heart and said, this is not your battle. And so as we were leaving the courthouse in New Orleans uh, on in April, my the head attorney looked at me and said, Judge, how do you feel? And I said, I feel the same way I did eight years ago. I feel the peace of God, and I feel like I'm on the right side of the Constitution. Amen. Friends, what I hope you hear in that is that at the intersection of faith and the secular world, when we stand firm in faith, in love, according to the truth of God as written in the Bible, we don't have to fear. And it's that place that will create the learning opportunity for the world around us. And it's that place that allows us to stand firm. But if we back away from that place, all of the learning, all of the uh, opportunity goes away, and we are more uh, on our back foot than we were. Stay with us. We are going to talk more with Judge Wayne Mack when we return. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Right here. Right here. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are speaking with Judge Wayne Mack. Uh, about the opportunity that we have as Christians to stand firm in faith and how that opportunity is protected by our Constitution. And you heard in the first segment that many Christians think that the separation of church and state implies that state should be protected from faith. And uh, that is absolutely not correct because our morality as a nation, our virtue as a nation— comes not from government, as you can see on the news every night. It comes from faith brought to bear on government. That's what keeps men and women in public office pointed in the right direction and submitted not only to God, but to the electorate for whom they work. 
And so we're having a conversation with uh, Judge Mack, who is helping us to understand better that uh, opportunity that we have. And so, Judge, what I would ask is, what do you see as the biggest threat facing this nation today? Our biggest threat uh, to believers in America is, is, is not dynamic, dynamic, demonic powers at work. A lot of Christians say everything's so evil. Well, we know that Jesus conquered Satan when he rose from the dead. Uh, it says that he, the, the keys to death and hell, he took those away from him. So the only power that any demonic force or evil force has is that which we surrender to them. And the biggest threat to America and in, in our way of, let, of, of spiritual renewal, revival, and our liberty is the spirit of conformity, the spirit of being comfortable, and the spirit of being complacent. Those are the three major threats that we have right now in America because as a result of that, we are we're electing people that don't share our faith. We're voting our party. We're not voting our faith. And and we're not voting, as you as your guest uh, in your previous shows from uh, My Faith Votes. We know that only 50% of, of people that believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are registered to vote. And of that 50%, only one in three believers vote regularly. So that, that what God has given us in a republic that we live in is the opportunity to determine who leads us. And we are doing just as they did in in the time of the Old Testament where they said, we want a king, we want a king, and they picked Saul because he was the prettiest. They didn't pick him because he had convictions, because of anything, and he was anointed the king. The problem with Saul was he was anointed, but he wasn't blessed, and he wasn't blessed because he did not have submission, and he did not have obedience in his life. And we are commanded to be salt and light. We are commanded to do that. It's not an option. It's not the Ten Recommendations. It's the Ten Commandments. And Jesus told us over and over again to be salt and light and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we are not participating in the civic parts of our society as believers, we're not doing our job. The Apostle Paul used his Roman citizenship to take the whole gospel to the whole world. We are asleep at the wheel, and we need to wake up. It's uh, You said uh, so many great things. What came to mind is I was uh, deadheading on an airplane the other day. That's when you're not actually flying the airplane. You're riding in the back as a passenger for the purposes of the company moving you from one place to another where you would fly uh, an airplane again. And I was in uniform as a captain at this airline, and it was one of those little airplanes where they sometimes have to move people around within the cabin in order to have the weight and balance work out. And so here I am sitting at the very back, and the flight attendant comes uh, out of the cockpit, and she says, the captain needs somebody to uh, go sit in the very back. Uh, could I have a volunteer? And instantly, the thought in my head was, I'm in uniform. Everybody can see I'm a captain. If I don't immediately jump up and go sit in the back, what does that say about my respect for safety, my respect for authority? And so here I was in a first-class seat, and I'm about to give it up, and I jumped up, and I went straight to the back because what was most important to me was that people see that I'm submitted to the greater good as a captain, serving a captain, and serving safety, and serving the passengers. And sorry, uh, that long and uh, very exciting story. My point was, as Christians, we are in a uniform, 
Everybody is looking at us. And we can't sit in that comfortable first-class seat thinking we, we're on the, the airplane to heaven. We jump up and we serve because that's what informs the rest of the airplane what it looks like. And so um, you've said so much when you say a spirit of conformity, comfort, and complacency. And friends, I mean, what are you doing that's more important right now? Uh, where could there be greater honor than to serve um, in that way? So it's very exciting. With with that said, uh, Judge, how how do politics and the justice system interact? Could you explain that to us better? Yeah, so, I mean, in Texas, all of our judicial positions, um, with the exception of like some municipal courts and things and associate judges, but are elected. And so you get to choose who is protecting you from the legislative and, branch, and the executive branches of government. That's what our, our system set up, the three separate portions of government, legislative, executive, and judicial. And the judicial branch is, the, is your last protection. And so there is a political nature to this because of the fact that you have to get elected, and we have a two-party system. You can run as an independent, but nationwide independents haven't fared well because of, of the two-party system. And whether you agree with that or disagree with it, it's it's just the system that we have, and and so the politics of this is that you know when I put a when I put a my robe on, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Libertarian, I'm not an Independent, I'm a judge that's applying the rule of law, and the the as you know the the emblem of justice shows uh, Lady Justice holding a scale. Her eyes are blindfolded. She's holding a scale, but she's also holding a sword in one hand as well. And so not only do we, we balance out and hear the cases and, and put the you know, cases on that balance, but then we do have the ability to, to pass judgment. And so it's very, very important um, that we elect men and women of faith uh, that believe in, 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 in the values of, of what our, our nation was founded on, our Judeo-Christian ethic of faith, family, and freedom. Yeah, I said uh, last week that what's crazy is the people who degrade and decry our Christianity are the same people who rely on it for the morality and ethics which compel our justice. Is that uh, strange to you? It is very strange, and it's just—it's very—it's—it's sometimes to to listen to some of the stuff that we see and hear and that's thrown on us, Um, and um, you know, it's it's it's. I think the last census shows uh, that uh, over 70% of our population identifies to, with, with the Christian faith. Um, those that identify with that, and and so you know we're we're a Christian nation founded on the Judeo-Christian principles of that, and and so you know we are the beacon of hope throughout the world. There's not one place you go in the world that that flag that we fly doesn't stand for freedom and for hope. And that's a result of Christians. You know, that was the whole intent of the of the founders uh, when they came um, and when they were fleeing religious persecution. They they came so that they could worship freely. And and it was you know we celebrated just the other day we we celebrated the Fourth of July 246 years ago. Uh, our founders wrote the greatest breakup letter in the world when they wrote the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. And that in that letter there were they took there were twenty six offenses that they had against the King of England, and all of them, all of them 
had scriptural backing. Every one of those are Christian Bible principles that said we're all these things that apply in our offenses and offenses that they had and we're not going to do. And it was it was you know the the media in London at the time referred to the colonies and and the black robe militia was it was preachers that were preaching liberty before the Declaration decades before the, Dec- the Declaration of Independence was ever written. And so there is a political side of this, but um, we it has to do with electing people that uh, represent your your beliefs. And do we all agree on everything? No, um, you know, and, and we all have our opinions, but we can't believe on the basic principles of that there's one God and that His grace and His mercy is sufficient, and that we should serve Him with everything in us. Jesus said, "Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And every major religion in the world has those tenets of that in their faith. Every one of them. Well said, Judge. I love the beginning of the Declaration of Independence when it says, "When in the course of human events." That uh, you're right. That is a great breakup letter. Um, so, uh, when Christians believe that church and state are separated, and that state can have no influence in religion, but neither can religion have influence in state, they're categorically wrong. And everything that we do in uh, all branches, all three branches of the government, uh, confirms that. And I love what you said, that our elected officials are us choosing who is protecting us from the other branches with regard to the judiciary. And so recently in the Supreme Court, we have seen a number of uh, rulings um, that confirm that. And uh, for example, the story of the Colorado baker who was uh, made by the state of Colorado to bake a cake for a uh, homosexual couple that were getting married. And he said, my religion precludes that. And the Supreme Court has recently upheld his right to say that. Judge, uh, any quick thoughts on that particular case? Government should never tell you who you worship, what you do, who you love. Um, it, 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 it is, and I'm, I'm, we're fortunate that the um, ju- judicial branch of government was able to unring that bell um, of, of a government telling us, as a, as a member of the faith community, what we can and can't do. And it's, it's very, and it's a slippery slope. You know, history shows us we have thousands of years of history that whenever we lose our religious liberties, the next thing we lose, Richard, is our is our personal liberties. Amen. And and history shows that. And so, um, you know, we're we're fortunate that we have the system we have in place. Um, you know, and we're hearing all kinds of things that certain um, uh, parties are wanting to now pack the Supreme Court so they can put more people with their view on there, uh, which would be totally devastating. Venezuela, Cuba, all those things happened uh, in those countries, and look at those countries today when they did that. They're an absolute mess, and we will be an absolute mess if we don't uh, think these things through. Friends, stay with us. We'll be talking with Judge Mack in the third segment. In the crowded place, your love delivered me. 
They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Can we find a friend so faithful? Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Judge Wayne Mack about the legal system and politics and how the two interplay and how your legal rights as a Christian are under attack but are being successfully represented by the justice system all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I wanted to quote Ben Franklin when he said, Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. So there's no middle ground. In all of the situations of all of our days, there are no bystanders. This is a battle between good and evil. It's playing itself out here in this world. And what we permit, we promote. So one of the ironies that lets you know that this is uh, the battle between good and evil is that some evil things are representing themselves as good. For example, the people who cry out for special consideration are the same people who deny consideration to Christians. And it makes no sense because it makes no sense. And so uh, there is a lot that's going on. That makes no sense, but our legal system is helping to make sense of it, but that requires us to participate. It requires us to participate in who we vote for and uh, what we hold them accountable to. And so that accountability right now is uh, taking place. Uh, For example, Judge, we have the recent 
resolution of the Coach Kennedy case. Can you tell us about that from your perspective? Yes, yeah, so that was a wonderful historical case. It's on the Establishment Clause and the Lemon Law that has been applied to so many things. Um, it just told the Supreme Court has, has said that the um, those those don't apply to this, and that um, the Lemon Law is no longer something that um, that that this court will consider. Um, and it was uh, it was it's affected public education um, in such a way. Uh, that we've totally eradicated any uh, forms of faith in, 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 the, in the public sector. And, and so Coach Kennedy's case was a huge win for religious liberty from the perspective of if, this, if his case would have upheld and, and the legal standing that it would have caused, is if, simple, if a teacher was just simply sitting down and eating um, at, a, at their school cafeteria or in a teacher's lounge and they, just, they bow their head and said a prayer, um, and are in to themselves. Um, they could they could be fired um, if the if somebody complained or if the school district made a policy. And this is what happened with Coach Kennedy. He was simply a great man and a great story. Had a terrible childhood. A lot of things overcame, and in his hometown, rose to the place from literally from a very difficult time. Should have been a statistic to the to the to a football coach. And he was so excited about that privilege that for several years, at the end of every game, whether they won or they lost, he would go to the center of the field, take a knee, and give a prayer of thanks. And some of the players started asking, hey, coach, what are you doing? He says, I'm just going to the center of the field to to thank God for us, for you, for for us being safe, and for what you've learned, and so forth. And they said, can we join you? And he said, sure. And was totally unsolicited. He would go to the, and eventually, just about the whole team was going there. Well, somebody got offended by that. School board said, "Stop it, or we'll fire you." And he said, "I can do this because it's me. I'm not. This is not a school sanctioned thing." And so, Coach Kennedy's case has really turned all this anti-faith in public schools. It set it on its ear. It set a great legal precedent uh, for teachers not having to choose their career over faith. Yeah, I imagine that because then our children would be taught by godlessness, as yeah. is uh, currently the case. So, who do you want teaching your children? Uh, somebody who is themselves a person of uh, integrity and morality and ethics, not on some interior, um, I make up my own rules as I go along basis, but uh, on the basis where the Bible is my rule book and I hold myself accountable to that. And so that's a fantastic story. Um, and you said, uh, so it was a long case. And then as I understand it, he was represented by First Liberty Institute, who is representing you as well. Yes, uh, First Liberty Institute uh, has been coordinating my defense now for seven years of the eight years that I've been in this battle. And um, and now I, I think I'm the longest <laughs> client they have on the books at this time. Uh, Coach Kennedy was able to get former client status. I'm looking forward to the, having that status, but at the current time, um, they have they're they're coordinating this defense, and they do such a wonderful job. I have one of the largest law firms in America, and one of the oldest law firms in America, Gibson Dunn, that's first chair representing me in this case, and and First Liberty coordinates that. Oh, God bless them, friends. I hope what you're hearing is the honor that we have as Christians to put on the uniform of Christ each day, first in how we submit ourselves and second in how we represent him, 
not in church, not in our living room, but in this very troubled world. And it's only when we shine that light by wearing his full armor and uh, just going in a place of darkness, but doing so with uh, integrity that allows us to transform this world and not be transformed by the world. So, uh, Judge, I guess we would be remiss if we did not spend some time talking about Roe versus Wade and that recent ruling. Yes, absolutely. This that that ruling again is a huge win for states because the Supreme Court has said that the federal government not, cannot in, infringe on states' rights, which is again a founding principle of our Constitution is that the federal government cannot interfere with states' rights. And that's what Roe v. Wade is a, is a huge win for. And of course, us as faith that we believe that we were conceived from our mother's womb, it's a huge win in the fact that states now will be able to uh, put laws in place that will protect, the, you know, the most safest place in the world should be the, the womb of a mother. And the fact that the, that people and and because we don't want to take responsibility for our actions, we want to we want to perform the act of marriage, but yet then we don't want the consequences of that, and so we we we've just decided to call a baby a choice or a fetus or just a piece of tissue, um, and be able to uh, rip that child from its mother's womb because we don't want to accept responsibility for our actions. Uh, states now will have the ability, and the people. The people will have the ability to say no more. And this is why it's so important, Richard, that the faith community rise up and, and we declare what the absolute truth of, of life. I mean, if you don't respect life, um, that is, that's the basic foundational principle. Now, as Christians, everybody's taking a victory lap on this, but what we need to do now and that we have not been stepping up to do is if we're if you're pro life, we have to be one hundred percent whole life. In other words, we have to get together and start doing our job. We're commanded by Jesus to take care of the fatherless. And so we're gonna we know just by society that we're gonna have women they're gonna they're gonna unexpectedly become pregnant and they're gonna depending what state they are and they get to choose choose life or choose death. And and when they choose life, we as believers need to be there to support them, not government. Government does two things well, overreact and nothing. And it was never intended for government to be in charge of the welfare system in the United States. That is the function of the church and the faith community, and we need to do a better job of that. What's interesting to me now, um, you're talking about um, government either doing nothing or everything, corporations are stepping in now. And so what are your thoughts on that? Corporations paying for uh, people to travel for abortions to states? Well, and, you know, this is another example of how we're comfortable and we're conforming and we're complicit because corporations don't have money to do that unless we buy their stuff, unless we support them. And we know uh, because of this huge influence of the left and this anti-God, anti-life, anti-anything associated with religion, um, culture that is here. And again, culture is a result of people. Um, 
the devil and his demons can only do what we allow him what we allow them to do and this whole corporate cancel culture uh, is there because we allow them to do it. We keep watching their movies. We keep going to their shows. We keep buying business. We keep flying on their airlines. We keep doing the things that they're doing. We're buying their products. We're eating their food, and and we're not doing what we're commanded to do, and that's to be salt and light. Amen. Amen. That is so true. First corporations usurp our elected officials, interposing themselves between us and the people we elect through uh, political action committees and lobbyists, and we allow that. And now corporations are telling us what our values should be. And Jason Yates mentioned that at a convention prior to his leaving the corporate world, he heard a uh, representative of a corporation say that corporations determine culture. Mm -hmm. And friends, uh, we know that's not the case. Culture is determined by faith. Culture is downstream of faith, and politics is downstream of culture. And now what we understand is, if we're not careful, the justice system is downstream of politics. And so there will be no uh, brake pedal on any of this corporate um, greed, uh, perversity, and so forth. And uh, what it requires is that we step up and do the next right thing. Doing the next right thing is not what we say is right, because as I said last week, those people who don't like America are doing what they think is right. So it's not about doing what we think is right as individuals. It's about doing what God says is right. To do that, we have to know it, we have to be committed to it, and we have to live it out in uh, every walk of life. So stay with us. Uh, We'll be back for the fourth segment with Judge Wayne Mack. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship... Contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that is me, and we are talking with Judge Wayne Mack about our justice system. And we have experienced some amazing, uh, I'll call them wins, but they're not really wins because they're just the upholding of what is right in this uh, nation. And I'll tell you, as a student of military history, what I know is that uh, there comes a time in every battle where... Uh, conditions are just ripe, and it is a pivotal moment, and we are at such a moment in this nation. We have uh, experienced uh, a change to the Supreme Court, which has permitted some of these uh, righteous changes to take place, and now is our opportunity as Christians. It's not a I have to, it's a I get to, 
It's a, I'm in the uniform of Christ, and it is my honor and my opportunity now in my life to bring everything into obedience to him. And as I act that out in the secular world, we will experience victory and reformation in this country unlike uh, any other. And so uh, as we're coming back in talking with Judge Wayne Mack about some uh, final thoughts for our audience, one of the things I wonder is, uh, what is the Church doing in uh, this critical moment? Yes, so it's been my experience and and my view that churches and believers are in three categories. They're either complacent, they're okay with the little patty cake for Jesus and, you know, going once a month to feed the homeless or, you know, going to church once a week and so on and so forth. They're, They're okay with just doing the bare minimum. They don't want to be engaged with political process. I hear from many pastors that, well, I just don't do politics. And my argument is uh, you do politics when you don't do politics because being silent, you're also um, – you're, you're 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 being complacent. You're allowing things to happen in your complacency. Um, the other area is, of course, the complicit, where you have people flying flags of ungodly worldviews, of supporting um, things that are a, a non-biblical worldview. Um, they're very boisterous about it, and and they're the silent majority continues to be silent. The complicit um, and, and are hoping that you'll be complacent and and not do anything. And then, of course, we have people that have courage. Like Coach Kennedy and and the Baker in Colorado and the the couple in 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 Oregon that lost everything uh, because of of their taking their stance for they were not going to give up their faith because they were being ordered to do something from the government and so we've got we my challenge would be to everyone that's listening to this is have courage have courage be involved. On your school board, in your city council meetings, going, getting in, in, in voting every election, um, knowing that if you don't vote, you are voting. By being silent, you're voting. And the scripture is clear over and over again that the, that we will have peace and joy if, if, if the godly rule over us, but we'll have heartache and pain if they don't. And we have a, a marked moment in time here where spirits renew and revival, like you said in your opening remarks, can come to our nation if we'll just seize that moment, if we'll have the courage to be that vessel. God doesn't need your abilities. What he needs is your availability. If you will make yourself available, the rest of it will take care of itself. But you have to take that next step. You have to walk in the ways that God has commanded us to walk. Amen. Pastor Steve was nodding his head uh, when you said make yourself available. Pastor Steve. The judge has some uh, most brilliant topics, and I agree 100%. So coming from the, the, the church standpoint and coming from the and seeing it day in and day out, and I always preface the statement that, that there's striving hearts out there, but as a whole, we're seeing the byproduct of the church adopt the worldviews. Uh, we're seeing the church say, hey, it's okay to live this lifestyle and not only still come to church, but we'll put you in the pulpit. And you can, you can, these con can, like he, he was saying, it's not a biblical worldview, but now it's also in the church. So it's no... It's no surprise that of that minority that are Christians and are voting are voting the wrong way. 
Um, so that that's not a surprise. It's not a surprise to see because what we have, you know, you can you can look up the statistics. Um, I don't know what the exact latest one is, but the last time I looked, two times a month was considered uh, an active churchgoer. You know, so and that's not even two Sundays. I mean, Wednesdays, whatever. You you walk in the door two times, so the bar has been lowered so much that, okay, well then it's not a surprise that we're getting the byproduct that you know Scripture says you'll you'll reap what you sow. What's been sown? So this confusion coming from just as 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 Judge said. Oh, I don't do politics. If the pastor's up there saying, "Oh, I don't do politics," well, then it's no no surprise that his congregation's not doing politics either. And so we we we've got to get back into this to where, as you've said so many times, we're leading the way, the intersection of our faith in the world. I, I mentioned, I think one time on another show, I I coached my son's little league uh, football team or uh, flag football team. And I told him I wasn't going to do it if I couldn't pray with the kids before we started. So I, right. I, I wasn't even going to go there. So that, you know, on a That's little courageous. on a, on a little step, that was my little step. And as, as Judge mentioned, I, I've been a part of his chaplaincy program since the very beginning of, and consider it a great honor to stand beside him and, and walk with that. But I see a man in him every time he goes to just do his job. And one of us is standing there to do that opening ceremony. He's taking that step of faith and putting that courageous intersection and saying, I'm choosing this over the world. And then to see, be on the scene whenever the officers have to go tell a lady and her four kids that their husband's not coming off the lake. I, I, I've been there and done that with this program. And to say, here's a time for us to not beat you over the head with the Bible, but for to be there and to be this support system for you. Right. Um, yeah, we must live out our faith. Why, what I'm why, how is that a bad thing? So why are you going to attack that? Right. What I'm hearing is, uh, friends, I understand the idea that I'm one little guy. What difference can I make? But you heard it last week and you're hearing it now. What Pastor Steve said this morning was a stunning thing when he said that if a pastor preached every night, say that again. Um. And again, I, I might not have it exactly right, but it was something to the to effect if you took one pastor and he preached every night to a thousand people and all thousand people got saved and, and came to Christ, it would take, and again, I forget the total, but something like 3,000 years with population growth and everything to to get all the world uh, to, Jesus. to Jesus. But yet if, if one Christian just stood up and did his part and took one other professing Christian and walked and one other person and brought them. And then that person took another one. And then that took person took another one, the exponential growth. It would take something like 3000 or uh, 30, uh, years. 30 years instead of the 3000 friends. It's little, and that's how it works. Judge, uh, any final thoughts, sir? I love the fact that courageous Christianity and, and, and what we're hearing here and, um, and we need to have courage. Uh, we don't need to be fearful. Jesus paid the price. He said, fear not. 365 times in the Bible, fear not, fear not, do not fear. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, so, yes, things are difficult right now, and, and we could we – could, we, well, I love the fact that we're focusing on the positive here, is that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are to be salt and light, and we are to seize every moment and every opportunity and make ourselves available to the free flowing of God's purpose – 
his power, and his plan. And if we will do that, we will see the greatest renewal and revival that this world has ever seen. And it's, we are on the, we're on the, we're right there at the edge of this happening. And what we need to do is be courageous and, and have courage. And so God bless you for what you're doing and, and your readers, I mean your followers and this program, um, Pastor Steve, and what you and your bride are doing is just, it's just so awesome, Richard, what you and her are, are accomplishing when you're doing this and giving people hope. Because hope is the strongest force in the world, and our world needs hope, and that hope can be found in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judge. Friends, uh, that is the truth. Our hope is in Jesus. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. It's always relevant. It never fails. We are at a pivotal time in this country where we can press home our attack on godlessness And that is our opportunity, and today our moment of truth comes from Isaiah chapter 51, verse 4, which says, Pay attention to me, O my people, and give ear to me, O my nation, for a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light of the peoples. Friends, you've often heard me say that in any situation, just do the next right thing. The next right thing is not what we think it is, it's what God says it is. And as we study his ways each day, as we submit ourselves to his unchallenged sovereignty, we can take courage as we rely on his justice to light a righteous path through this darkened world. Who you are matters. With God's lamp to light your way, you will not be put to shame. So walk boldly and with compassion. And that's courageous Christianity. Judge, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us this morning. Thank you, Richard. We appreciate what you all are doing, and God bless you. Thank you, sir. Friends, it's little, it's amazing. Who we are matters, and this is a critical time. I wouldn't want to be represented by a Marine Corps where Marines showed up only twice a month to be Marines. They wouldn't win any fights anywhere. We face a resolute foe. We have to show up every day, give ourselves to Jesus, ask for our orders, put on the full armor of God, and go boldly among this world. Thanks for joining Christy and me today, and Pastor Steve. And Pastor Steve. (laughs) Thank you. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, the word, at kkht.com. And on CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to your favorite podcast. And I'm just going to remind everyone, live out your faith. Live out your faith. If not that, then what? Exactly. Amen. Amen. So uh, we are honored to walk with you in Christ. There's nothing more important that we do. It's the best thing about us. We love you, and we're praying for you, and we're praying for this nation. God bless and Semper Fi. Yeah, 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.